Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good evening. It is April 27th, 2015. How time flies. And we're here tonight, once again, to talk about the only true impenetrable asset protection program available anywhere in the world that I know of. And uh, my name is Michael Clark. I'm not afraid to give my name, as many other people that have conference calls are afraid to give their true name. But I, uh, I believe in uh, what we talk about here, and I can I can answer any questions and back up my answers. So I'm not afraid uh, to give my name. Uh, tonight, what I wanted to talk about on the talking points is um, assignment of income. Assignment of income, the way, only way I know of to protect your income. And the only program I know of that can do it is the, is the STS program. My friends, your assets are one thing to protect your assets, protect your, your um, bank accounts, protect your, protect your checking and savings of bank accounts, protect your furniture, protect your investments, to protect your, your real property, to protect your personal property. That's all done through the, through the power of the STS program. And for those of you that may be new on, STS stands for Specialized Trust Strategy. Okay. Um, it is a trademark and a registered, we do have a registered copyright on the STS program. So, um, uh, but that's what it stands for. Assignment of income, the other important thing you've got in your life, and possibly every bit, you can lose all your assets, but if you lose your income, guys, it's going to measurably impact your life. Okay, it's, it's going to hurt you tremendously. If, if somebody garnished your wages, or if somebody um, in any other way got a judgment against you or, or um, uh, froze your accounts or whatever, that's going to hurt you. They can, they can garnish in the U.S. Uh, up to 50%. I've heard up to 100% by uh, Canadians, and I've also, well, matter of fact, I know one person that is, does have his wages garnished 100% up in Canada. Regardless, let's say the minimum, or let's say 50%. It could be 25%. doesn't matter. If, you're, if, if all of a sudden the money you're using in your life, whether, whether it's your income from an employer on your profession or your job, whether you're a senior citizen and retired and they, they garnish your Social Security or your RRSP, I guess it is, in Canada, the, uh, that's going to that's gonna tremendously, if it was 50%, your, your income's cut in half. If it's your pension, if it's your investments, your annuities, your cash value from your life insurance policies, whatever it may be, 401Ks, IRAs, and guys, be assured they can get now, the government, U.S. government and the Canadian government can get to every source of income you have. They can get to every source of income that you own. 
And if you don't have the assignment of income is specifically set up through the STS program, you own all of your sources of income. If you're in the U.S. and you have IRAs and you have 401ks, I've never, I've never gotten involved in those, especially since I learned about the STS program because I can control, I can legally and lawfully control um, to a great extent the amount of taxes I pay. Okay, so so I don't want to put my money into an account. If you've got it there, fine. I'm not I'm not saying to stop it or anything like that. If that's your your thing, but but the government knows if you've got your money in an IRA, they know exactly what you've got. If you've got your funds in a 401k, they know exactly what you've got, or a Roth IRA, or whatever that you may have. And I know you've probably got similar programs in Canada, but guys, it's the um, it, it takes away from the privacy level. Even though we can protect that money, because understand the, uh, and I'm going to talk a little bit about privacy and protection here before I get into specifically before I specifically get into uh, the assignment of income. The um, they can, they can uh, as we talked about a few weeks back, I believe it was on um, March 9th, about how the government with the International Monetary Fund, all of the governments in the world are broke now, and they've got a thing called FATCA, and they're out there. They, they, it's uh, also bail-ins. It's, it's known as bail-ins, where they can come into your bank account without telling you. They can go into your, your um, life insurance cash values. They can go into your... All of these things, every source of income you you have, whether it's an active income, which means you work to earn that income, or whether it's a passive income, meaning that it's uh, it's like interest, it's like dividends, it's things where your money just sits there and you earn money on it. That's a passive income, guys. You're a, if you're a citizen of a country and and that account or the ownership of those funds is in your name. But your government now has the right to go in. They think they've got. They think they've got the right to go in and take it. It's just another taxing source. They don't have to tell you. Uh, as a matter of fact, and I read quite a few cases about it in the last couple of weeks. You don't even know it's happening until you go in and check your balance, and suddenly you find out it's gone. Now, when it comes to IRAs and 401ks and different different programs like that. Uh, U.S. or Canadian, I know that you don't have a 401k specifically in Canada, or at least it's not called that, or an, or an IRA, whatever, but you've got your programs in Canada as well to where you can put them in um, into the program and, and they can grow tax-free or you can take the money out tax-free if it's after-tax dollars, whatever. That money is protected. If it's a, an annuity, cash value, life insurance, that money's protected to an extent until you start to take it out. Um, and I don't know all the particulars about how they come into a life insurance cash value and take the funds out. I just uh, read a couple articles, and they, they weren't real specific. I don't even know how uh, how it works. But they, they uh, it said they were coming in and, and confiscating funds in any place you've got cash that's yours, that you own. And if it's cash values in a life insurance policy, that's your cash in that policy. It doesn't belong to the company anymore. It belongs to you. The interesting thing is, though, the, the money's protected while it's right there. But yet when you go to take it out, if you've got an annuity where after a certain amount of time they're going to start paying you X number of dollars per month, 
that money that's paid to you each month comes in a check to you, whether it's direct deposit or comes in a check or whatever. But that, that's, that's got your name on it. You are the beneficiary of that payment. Okay, you're the one that's going to receive that payment. And the minute it's in your name, all bets are off. They can take it. They'll grab it. Okay, that's why um, we're going to get more into the assignment of income in just a couple minutes to eliminate that process that they use. But the key thing to understand, again, as I mentioned, and I'm going to mention this as often as I have to before people start catching on, um, the fact that, that any funds, any assets in your name is, is, is susceptible for the government or a lawsuit or a creditor or anybody that gets a judgment against you, the IRS, the CRA, government agencies, whether they're, they're city, low, uh, county, or, or provincial, or state, or federal, they'll all try and get, the, get that money if it's, if it's left open. And guys, it's happening more and more on a regular basis. You don't see it because it's not part of your job. It is part of my job to, to keep people, keep our clients up to date with what's going on and make sure that, that they're protected. So um, that's what you want to do. You want to get, first of all, your funds in a position where you don't own them anymore, but again, you control them. That's what the STS program is all about, giving up ownership, retaining control through the, through the power of a contractual agreement. Okay? Um, so now we've got uh, assignment of income. Your income is very important to you, regardless of the source, whether it's active or whether it's passive. And if suddenly your income were cut in half or the, the money that you're counting on in retirement was, was somebody puts a lien on it or a garnishment on it so that you won't have that amount when it comes time to retire, it's going to really affect your lifestyle, reflect what you can do. Uh, in your retirement years or your senior years or whatever it might be. Um, so that's where the assignment of income comes in. In the, in the case of Coppage versus Kansas, the um, and guys, let me state something here while I think about it. I've, got, I've had several people, not a lot, just a few people really, that have asked recently, well, Mike, uh, even when they were attorneys, my attorney said that the, the U.S. case law is not um, effective in Canada. Uh, well, unfortunately, your attorney uh, doesn't know about all the treaties and agreements and and uh, decrees between the U.S. and Canada. Of course, U.S. case law can be just as effective, and they probably have contractual case law. I've read some of it, but I mean they have probably have uh, some case law somewhere affecting the same things I'm telling you about now. Um, I don't know that they've got um, specifically assignment of income in Canada and their laws. But because you've got because of the, the agreements between the two countries and the fact that you now have a private contract that that is linked both to the U.S. and Canada, so the case laws are effective. You've given up ownership of that of whatever it may be that income source, and uh, so you do your trust. The trust does have ownership of those funds. And secondly, um, because I mentioned last week, but for some people that maybe didn't catch it. Um, I've had some for tax situations and got regarding FATCA, um, which is if it's a U.S. source, you have to pay or have to fill out a form if it's a U.S. source of income. Uh, guys in Canada, this is not a U.S. source of income. It was originally domiciled in the United States. 
Okay, federal. It's a federal document. It's not a specific. Although the LLC is an Indiana LLC, the the doc, the trust one document, is a federal document. But if you look on your trust one document, those of you in Canada or the U.S., the um, uh, especially Canada. Let's talk Canada right now. The trust address is is given over to your address in Canada. So as Ed Gilmore put it, it has, the, the STS Trust One has been redomiciled, and it's now a Canadian entity. Okay, right at your your um, your address in Canada. Doesn't matter which province, it's redomiciled. So FATCA is not a, is not a, a bone of contention in this at all. It's Canadian income. It's not U.S. income at all. So when you go to the bank, you just tell them, no, it's a Canadian document. You can, uh, if they have to, if you, if it, I don't know that anybody's had to. We've still got people opening bank accounts in Canada almost every day. So, so, But I just wanted you to know that. It's a Canadian, you can consider it a Canadian document because it's been redomiciled to your address in Canada. Okay? Now back to assignment of income. Income has been defined in Coppage versus Kansas as um, personal property. Now, as you've heard me say, and there's, we've got a lot of new people on the call tonight, so some of you may not have heard me say, but anything that you can get, you can get um, um, defined as personal property is now protected by Article One, Section 10 of the Constitution. And, and contractually as well. There's all kinds of case law on this. That if anything that's personal property, if your personal property, you have the right to protect it. Okay, you have the right to protect your personal property. Um, uh, unfortunately, Canada's two uh, consti- uh, yeah constitutional documents, and I've read them both. First thing I did was when I went through them to find out how how um, they their contract uh, protection rights are. And um, there are none, uh, specifically to the Constitution. Doesn't mean you don't have them. You have every, every, uh, every country in the Western Hemisphere has contract law and has uh, contract rights. And anything you own, if you own it, you have the right to buy it, sell it, gift it, donate it, assign it or exchange it for something of value in a private contractual agreement, which you do. And when you start the program, you give not only all of your assets, but when you sign the assign when you set up the assignment of income form and get them notarized, you've also um, given your you've assigned your income. It's a little bit different, but you've assigned your income and on our on our assignment of income form, it's you have the uh, right up at the top. You have the opportunity to determine what percentage of your income you want to give up. Now, and remember, people know you have to buy groceries, you have to buy clothing, you have to buy personal items, and uh, so you don't want to put a hundred percent of everything. But you, even if you put eighty percent, ninety percent, seventy percent, whatever it might be. And other imports of your income, you can put 100%. But you have to make sure that you, you determine an amount in which you still have the money. You can still show the income somewhere, either as passive or income, that you use to live on. Okay, you have to do that. But on the assignment of income form, 
in Coppage versus Kansas, it, it, it lays out the fact that the judge ruled that it was a income is personal property. And the analogy I use is that if you work for $20 an hour and you've worked one hour and one second, that first hour that you earn that $20, that is your personal property now. Your boss or whoever it is, the company that pays you, you've set up an agreement with them that they'll pay you uh, um, daily, they'll pay you weekly, uh, twice a month, monthly. Whatever it is, they will pay you according to the agreement you have with them. But that is your personal property. And because it's personal property, you own it. That's as simple as I can get. You own your personal property, which includes your income. So therefore, you have the right to protect your personal property. Okay? You have the right to protect your personal property. Um, the um, um, I just I'm looking at one of the questions or one of the questions here, one of the statements being made. And I don't want to look at my computer; it'll get me off track here. I don't want to do that. So, guys, we've got to protect that personal property just the same as you protect your your television, your vehicle, your home, your dining room set. We want to protect your income as well, and you do that through assigning assigning the income. Okay. You're going to earn the income, and you're responsible for all the taxes on the income you earn. The trust does not pay the taxes on a single dime of what you may transfer to it. It only protects that income. You're still responsible to pay the taxes. Okay. So um, once you assign that income, they can't touch it. You've got to get that form signed and notarized. All right. The uh, and, and there's a general assignment of income form in your trust one document it's schedule b7 if you've got an older trust one a non-revised trust one document it might it may be schedule b6 uh, we've, we've revised and upgraded and schedule b6 is now um, business equity transfer but this is assignment of income assignment of every source of income you've got every nickel can be protected or just about every nickel and we do have a uh, a case right in Canada of where they, uh, and I'm just going to use a, a figure, they earn $1,000 a week and they um, assigned 80% of that of that $1,000 a week they assigned to Trust One. So let's say, that, so that's $800 of the 1000 that they were able to do that. And they did get, uh, CRA came after them and uh, I believe wanted about 25%. I'm not positive of what it is. But 25% of $1,000 would have been $250 a week or roughly $1,000 a month that CRA would have been getting from our client. However, CRA found out that they had a valid assignment of income form that was, was in priority position. It had been assigned and, and um, notarized, and uh, now the trust owns it, prior to the CRA doing anything to protect their garnishment. They, they hadn't garnished it yet at the time, but when they did come to garnish it, garnish it they found out that only $200 of the $1,000 was available. And so instead of, spending, uh, instead of having to pay $250 a week, 25% of... $200 is $50 a week. 
So that's $200 a month instead of $1,000 a month. So that's an $800 a month savings that is right back in their um, in their pocket. I see somebody saying no sound. Can other people hear me all right? If you can, somebody just type yes. Because um, sometimes that happens when people are in different areas. All of a sudden the sound goes out in their area for whatever reason, but we can't do anything about that. Can anybody? Uh, yes. Okay. Thank you, Lee. Um, okay, so guys, so now um, that's a valid case, and it's it's stood up in Canada. So for it's a lot like, thanks, guys, it's a lot like in the U.S. The IRS loses 95% of the time, but they are so threatening and so intimidating that they can scare you out of your boots sometimes, okay? All, all it takes is to get that letter from, from the IRS or the CRA and uh, that little windowed envelope, and, and it'll, it'll scare you because you know it's no good. <laughs> you know there's, there's no good coming out of that one. So um, you want to get your income assigned. My friends, if, you've got, if, you've, if you're listening to this call and you haven't started the STS program yet, you're playing Russian roulette. The only difference is when you spin that chamber with the six, uh, you've got five bullets in it and one empty chamber instead of five empty chambers and one one uh, chamber with a bullet in it. You've got five bullets sitting in there, and you're going to get your brains blown out. There is no reason, there is no acceptable reason to um, not have the STS program. If you've got a job, if you've got an income coming in, guys, the first thing you want to do is protect what you've got. Either that or shame on you. Uh, you know, people, oh, Mike, I just don't have the money. I, well, that's fine. If somebody comes after you, though, don't come come crying about it. We've had people that have borrowed the money. We've had people that have put uh, several different credit cards together to start their program. And I'm not saying this to get you to start a program for my benefit. It's not going to bother me one way or another whether you start a program or not. Guys, it's for your benefit. And if anybody's listened to these calls for any period of time, and you don't know my sincerity when I sincerity when I say this. Um, I don't know what to tell you. I've seen too many people that have got chewed up and spit out by the CRA, by the IRS, by the government agencies, by the creditors, and then they come crying to me. Um, oh, we need that program, but we just can't afford it. Yes, you can. You can find a way to afford it. You don't need that new flat screen TV. You don't need that new car right now. You need to protect your assets. And you need to protect your income. Your income is probably much more important than your assets. I could lose my house and I could lose everything, physical assets. As long as I've got, still got my money to live on, um, I can rent a house, I can, I can lease a car, I can do a lot of different, I can still put groceries on the table. Um, but guys, you lose that income and it's a big chunk right out of your life, not just your your financial life, but your life, okay? So assignment of income is a very easy prop, uh, very easy uh, um, uh, thing to solve, okay? In, in Schedule B-7, it's the general assignment of income form. And on there, right there, it states that the, the case law for Coppage versus Kansas. And you fill, you sign that and get it notarized, but then that's only part of the, part of the program, part of the battle. You then put the CD that comes with your program. You put the CD in your computer, and uh, you click on um, Trust One, and you'll get all the minutes and everything that come up for Trust One. 
and you scroll down to, I believe it's a page 24 or 28, somewhere in there. And the first thing you'll see that comes up will be Schedule B-7, a blank Schedule B-7 uh, assignment of income form. And you've already got that signed and notarized in your trust document, so you don't have to worry about that. That's just if you would need another one. And um, But after that, you'll get a uh, an example assignment of income and a blank assignment of income. Just read the, read the instructions. It's very simple. And do exactly what the instructions and the examples say and show you to do. Very simple process. You put in the name of your employer. You put in the fact that, um, or, or you, the source of income, rather, not the employer necessarily. Uh, if it's a if it's a mutual fund you have, you put in the name of the mutual fund, and you um, you uh, uh, put in the account number right below that. And uh, I think there's room for three different investments, but no, no assignment of income. There's one. You need one one page for each uh, source of income. So if you've got a, a if you're still working, you've got an employer. If you've got a, a Social Security or an RRSP, if you've got a 401k, an IRA, you've got a uh, an annuity or a life insurance policy with cash values. If you've got uh, uh, anything that you've got that will provide you with a source of income, you want a page. You want to be filled out with the name of that source of income, and, and if there is a an identifying number, an account number, whatever it might be, you put that in there. Um, so that everything you've got, everything has been not only been been listed, it's been notarized, and it is now protected. Okay, so that's it's key, guys. You don't want to lose any of your income. I can't stress that enough. We've got we've had people that have had um, garnishments in the U.S. We can get rid of those garnishments, but you've got to have that form file first. But Bill Tully. Takes about three months, but if you're in the U.S. and you've got a, a garnishment by the IRS, okay, if it's a garnishment by your employer, or, or I mean, if it's if it's in a garnishment from a, uh, because of a lawsuit, because of uh, any other source uh, other than the IRS, um, we're going to have to work that out. You have to. We might not be able to. You've got to be in priority position. You've got to get that assignment of income uh, come form signed. And guys. You've heard me say it. You hear me say it at every seminar. You hear me say it quite often on the, on the Monday night calls. Guys, it, it, it happens instantly and without warning. All of a sudden, you get notice that your income is being garnished. You, you know about it. If, you're, if you owe back child support, if you're behind on a judgment payment, all these different things, you know whether or not they're going to come after your income. If they can't get it, if they can't get your assets, they're going to come after your income. It's that simple. That's one of your primary assets, your income, and it, it would be from multiple sources. Okay, So you want to get that income protected. End of story. If you've got your program already, make sure that you've got a – you go to put the CD in your, in your um, computer. You go down to assignment of income. You type in the source. Put in the uh, reference number or the account number, whatever it might be, and print it out. When it says you want to save, you say no. So now you got a black, a blank document again. So now you you um, print out the you, you do the same thing for your second source of income and your third source and your fourth source. Okay, um, the the protection of currency, the protection of um, of uh, recorded 
entities like uh, uh, your stocks, bonds, mutual fund. We'll protect you. Protect all that through Schedule B four and B five uh, in the in the Trust One document. But you want to get your income sources. Um, we can protect the equity in that in that um, oh let's say that investment you've got that stock, bond, or mutual fund through uh, Schedule B four. But when that check comes out or they pay that check, my friends, it's going to be in your name. And that's the income. It doesn't hurt to protect it in both areas, both with an assignment of income and listed on Schedule B4 or B5. Okay? B5 is basically for investments that are not non-recorded, uh, such as gold, precious metals, gold, silver, platinum, such as gems, diamonds, rubies, um, such as uh, whatever investments you may have that are just there. Uh, coins, um, you own coins, you own, you know, different collectible things. So, okay, that is that is um, assignment of income. If you don't have the program, and this hasn't convinced you to to um, get your program started to protect your source of income, come on, you're a human being, you've got intelligence. You've got to do it. This is the cheapest program anywhere in the world for what we do. I've got attorneys all the time come up to me at seminars. They call me, whatever. Mike, I charge $25,000 to do estate planning for people. And there's about six in the U.S. There's about six companies that go around the country and give their little spiel where they set you up a couple corporations. They set you up. The corporations then set up a couple LLCs, and the LLCs then set up a couple trusts. And guys, every one of them can be pierced. They're statutory. You know the rules by now. If you've been a regular listener to this call, and if you're brand new, here's a very important item for you. Anything you own can be taken from you. If you own a corporation, you're the you're the stockholder in the U.S. You're the shareholder in Canada. If you own a corporation, you're the owner. You're the stockholder or shareholder. I can take it from you. And I've never sued anybody in my life. But if you have an LLC, uh, an LLC, you're the member. The member is the owner. So I can take everything in that. Well, not me, but anybody can take anything in that LLC. If you've got a statutory trust, U.S. or Canadian, doesn't matter. If you've got a Canadian corporation, you're the shareholder. You're the owner. They can take it from you. And we and, and there's been probably six or 700 uh, lawsuits against our clients over the last six, seven, eight years. And we've never lost a nickel. We've never lost yet. We've won every single time. I've got two attorneys that I'm, I've talked with last week specifically that um, for some very, very uh, important um, um, court cases for their client. There are clients as well. And when I was talking with the attorneys, the first thing both of them said is every attorney tells me this right off the bat. Well, Mike, you put the assets in there and there's ongoing litigation or there's a lawsuit in process, um, that's fraudulent conveyance. And I told both of them, well, I told, I'd always tell the attorneys, no, it's not. We do it for estate planning purposes. Guys, you hear me say those words all the time. Regarding your STS program, and this program's going to be with you, working with you, protecting you, even when changes come about in government or in, in different things, we're protected. This FATCA thing came about, and we're, you're protected because it's only against, it can only take money from the citizens. A trust isn't a citizen. 
A corporation, uh, not a corporation, an LLC that's owned by the trust is not a citizen. All of the bank accounts for the trust or the LLC or the Canadian corporation, those aren't citizens. They can't touch the assets, the funds in there, but they sure as heck can touch funds when they're when they're in your name or in some way or another owned by you, whether it's a corporation, a U.S. or Canadian corporation. So, guys, you've got to get yourself structured properly. And that's always the purpose of the seminars, of the Monday night calls, of the of the one-on-one meetings, is to show people how to structure their life, U.S. or Canadian. doesn't matter. You've got the power of private contract working for you. Even the Canadian attorney I sat with in Calgary for about an hour, hour and a half with James, his first thing out of his mouth was, you know, Mike, this is fraudulent conveyance, especially if there's a lawsuit or something against you. And my, again, my response back to him was, no, we do it for estate planning purposes. You're, you're the one in control here, guys. Don't let them put words in your mouth. You're doing it for estate planning purposes. And understand, if there's no judgment against you yet, or if the IRS or the CRA doesn't have a lien against you or your funds, You've got to get this program and and forever be in priority position. If you're not in priority position, whoever's ahead of you can take your money. They can take you to court and shut you down. They can shut your existing business down uh, with a judgment. They They can literally devastate your life as it is. And for a lousy $3,850, of which on July 1st is going up to $4,450, we haven't made any any increases in our costs for... uh, um, eight or nine years now. So uh, our costs have all went up with, with a lot of different things, paper and, and the binders and everything that we use. So we're going to have to add a little bit so we're not uh, to get back on an even keel. Uh, but still, that's a ridiculously low price, guys. Attorneys will charge you, they charge anywhere from 2500 to $5,000 just to set up a corporation. In, in almost every state I've talked to attorneys, and I know a couple thousand of them, and I'm getting to know them in Canada now, and they said, yeah, that's about a going rate if they can get it from you. Um, so, guys, we're not uh, we're, we're here to help you. We're not here to, to, to put big bucks in our pockets at 25 grand a, a kick, and, that, and they can't even protect you there. You own it. They set you up a Canadian corporation. You're the shareholder. You're the owner. I'll take everything in that corporation. And uh, so, anyway... That is assignment of income, and that's the reason. It's getting worse and worse as governments are more and more of them are going bankrupt. Uh, every every major country in the world is, is bankrupt right now. They're broke, and so they're looking for new income sources. Even the International Monetary Fund is broke. Uh, so they're, they're, they're pressuring the countries to start doing these things, to go in, to, to, to put in place uh, bail-ins so they can go into your bank accounts as a citizen, and take the money from you, okay? Now, that was that, and I'm going to get started. First thing I want to do is uh, bring on guest nine here who's been waiting patiently on the phone, and then I will start answering the, the questions on computers. So if you have any questions and you're on the computer, go ahead and uh, uh, you can go ahead and um, um, type your Hi. questions in. Okay, guest nine, who is this? Hi, Mike, this is Nita. Hi, Nita, how are you? Just great, just Good great. to hear from you. Uh, two questions. Okay. Uh, assignment of income. Now, I'm looking at the assignment already notarized and everything. Does that simply remain in our documents, or do you give okay. a copy of this to the bank where the auto deposit is made? Good question. 
I'm glad you brought it up because I, I meant to say something about that, but I didn't. Uh, it always stays in your. Her question is: um, Do you do you keep the uh, assignment of income signed and notarized assignment of income form, or do you give it to the bank, or do you give it to your employer or whoever? Guys, you keep them right. You get them all signed and notarized and dated. That's the important thing: the date on it, and you um, you keep them right in your trust documents. Should you? Should you have somebody come after and try to garnish or take part of your wages, you will send that document to me as the trustee for your trust. You let me know that you're being attacked and send me a scanned copy. And guys, if it's scanned is by far, or if you can fax it too, but we can get a much better, um, clearer copy. And, and when I send something to a, somebody that's attacking you or one of our other clients, I want to make sure that it's as clear and looks as professional as can be because it is very professional. But you just keep them right there. You don't send them out to anybody until such time as they may be trying to assign. See, that's the purpose of having that date and that notary on there because we can show that some time ago, quite some time ago, you you assigned your income and, uh, and uh, you beat them to the punch. You're in priority position. Okay? So that's the answer to that when you keep the documents right in your in your uh, trust. So what's your other question? Okay, dual taxation. I emailed you about that earlier, but I, it was only 10 minutes before the call. Mm-hmm. If a person has been gifted a, a note of foreign currency, they do not have the resources to establish the STS trust package before the RV, and I know you pounded on that tonight, and thank you for doing that. They mm-hmm. need it before, but if they don't, uh, they exchange that note of currency to U.S. dollars in their personal name and personal SS number, then later establishes the STS trust package after the RV and currency exchange has occurred. Will they have a dual tax situation? A personal tax bill on the exchange and then it's transferred into the trust or LLC. Would the uh, trust or LLC then have those same funds taxed a second time? There's no dual tax. If you um, if if you put the money into the you now you're talking about somebody that doesn't have the program at the time of the RV, correct? That's correct. Yes. Okay. They first of all, you know the process. They should never, never, never put that cash in one, not even a ten thousand dollar note in while well, well, until they've got the program. So they go to somebody. I mean, everybody that has dinar knows other people that have dinar, whether you've got the STS program or not. So you go to somebody you know and say, here, I'll give you $10,000. You know it's worth um, whatever, $10,000 or 30000 or whatever it might be, if you would loan me $4,000 right now so I can get the STS program started. You, and it's, if it's somebody you know, you know you're not going to screw them over, they're not going to screw you over, and there you've got plenty of collateral. So they start their program first. It takes a couple extra days, but don't screw it all up for the rest of your life because if you if you even cash in a $10,000, I don't even know if they have $1,000 or $5,000 notes, but if they do, don't cash in anything, guys, because it will forever be linked to your name. They can come in and get you. They can shut you down. They can say, hey, we want to know what you do with that, the dinars you had, and they'll have, an, they'll have an IRS or a CRA agent there, and then they'll they'll... Well, I put you'll be in deposition. You have to tell the truth. Well, I put it into a trust, which you have every right to contract trust, which you had every right to do. But here's where they'll get you then. Once they know that, and they know that you're the one that transferred it in there, they could shut down the bank account, 
and say, here, we want to, we, we're, we're going to keep this shut down until you can prove to us that you've paid all the taxes that were due. Okay, so once they get that, there's going to be, um, that's the, that's the, the rock-solid basis, basics for that. You don't cash in anything until you start an STS program. I mean, you can do it, and there's going to be people that are going to do it. And unfortunately, if they have a car accident several years later, they can go, a good asset investigator can go through uh, back uh, deposits and paycheck and checks paid out and everything to, um, they can go back 10 years in about three days. And um, uh, from an account, they'll know everything about every cash check you cash and every source of income that was deposited, et cetera, et cetera. So it, it can be a, a thorn in your side, the proverbial thorn in your side that never leaves, like Paul walked around with a thorn of, or some type of problem all of the majority of his life. Um, so, you, you um, however, if it's in that STS program from the get-go, they can never link a single dinar to your name. And guys, that's the important part. Don't, you know, you've been this long with, with waiting for a cash and don't let two weeks or a week or whatever it might be, I don't care if it's two months, don't let that be the thing that, that destroys you and don't believe that stuff that, that um, well, it's going to be at a certain price for it's going to go up for 30 days or it's going to hold a price for 30 days and it's going to go down or up or whatever. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. It's a currency for crying out loud. Um, so you're going to pay taxes once, you, but you want to pay taxes through the, you're going to pay capital gains tax regardless, individual or through the trust. And so once you pay your taxes and then you want to give money to a different source, that money is after-tax dollars. So there's not a different, there's not a, uh, and even if you did cash it in and you paid, ta you paid the capital gains tax personally, that's your money. You can put, and those are after-tax dollars again, so you can put them into the trust without any tax obligation. Okay? So if, if this person does not want to go forward with the trust package now, they exchange their their foreign currency, pay the taxes on it, and then put it into an after-tax dollar money into the trust. Is that is that what you're uh, we're deciding? You've got it. Mm -hmm. okay. That's what I've been told by some pretty good tax people. Okay. Well, I know we're not any of us tax professionals, and you aren't, but uh, I, I've had this question posed to me, and I wanted a, a clarification so that uh, this person can listen to our calls and understand. Good. Uh, good the situation. Perfect. Thank you, Mike. Okay, dear. Hey, hey, say hi to Joy and Dad for me. I will. Okay, bye-bye. All right, let me answer some questions here on the uh, computer now, and then I'll look back and see if we've got any more on the phone call. Um, Vivian, was that you, Vivian, from, from Toronto? I'm talking with uh, Chris earlier. Okay, from Hildy. The FATCA forms have to be mailed in. The banks won't accept the forms. Um, they shouldn't, you know, if it's a Canadian, if it's not even U.S., FATCA is based on a U.S. Uh, dollars or U.S. entity or something. Um, I don't see why even, you just tell them, no, this is a Canadian entity. Here, look at the address on it. You don't even have, you shouldn't even have to fool with the FATCA forms, okay? That would be silly. Um, do we mail, and why are they having you mail them in? Um, see, I haven't heard, I haven't heard from anybody that people, I know I know at least a dozen people in the last two weeks that have opened bank accounts in Canada, and nobody has said they had any problems at all. So, uh, guys, again, once again, you've heard me say it numerous, numerous times over the years. Um, my opinion, well, 
Yeah. My opinion, keep this in mind, my opinion is that the banks, bankers are the worst of the professionals. They think they're a lot smarter than they are. They don't get adequate training. There's some good ones out there, but there's also some real nitwits out there, okay? Um, okay, your other part of your question is, I don't want to miss this, do we mail in the living trust as well with the form? Um, first of all, try it and say, hey, this is a Canadian domiciled entity. And... Um, uh, they just want to open my account. It's not U.S. Um, and, you, and you don't even tell them. You don't even mention it where it's at. You say, what, what, what kind of trust is this? It's a Canadian trust. I set it up. And if they try to tell you, you have to have an attorney or something to set up a trust. A trust. They don't have a clue what they're talking about. I can I can write on a napkin uh, an entity, a document, and sign it and take it to a notary and have it notarized or sign it in front of a notary. And it's a valid trust, okay? You do not need to have a trust or set up for privacy. You don't want somebody else knowing what you're doing. And that's why even when you get your STS program, we don't know a single asset you ever transfer. You don't have to finalize your contract until those documents. Your, your assets are protected from the moment we receive your application. But yet you don't transfer any, every asset you've got is protected. But you don't have to physically transfer the assets until such time as you receive the documents in the mail, you go through. Now, listen to me very carefully. You make sure that every name is spelled properly, every city is spelled properly, every street address is correct, and, and you go on from there and you get those documents signed within 48 hours. It's crucial, guys. We've had never used to press it so much. But we've had people that have got their documents and said, Mike, can you stop by on your way over to such and such seminar? And I'd like you to go over the documents with me. And I stopped by and um, she said, wait a minute, let me just find out where they are. And she pulls them out from the bottom of a cabinet somewhere, still in the box. The box had never been opened. They spend good money from the most powerful document in the world. And that was a year prior to when I was there or pretty close one way or the other. Um, and, and, guys, you're not going to be able to convince a judge that, that that trust document is meaningful to you. You're liable to end up in a statutory court because you didn't take the time to, to open and, and go through the documents and put your signature every single place on those documents that it's tight below a line. And if there's a, if there's a position behind that, you sign your signature, you put a comma, and you print very legibly whatever that designation is, it's typed next to your signature right below the line. If it's a contractor, you put your signature, comma, contractor. If it's a trustee, your signature, comma, trustee, or manager, or, or um, um, administrator. Whatever it is, you get your documents signed. That's the only way it's a truly valid contract. And now, when you go into the bank, you never, I'm going to repeat this again. Well, let me back up a second here. I got somebody the other day, just, no, today, just today, they received their documents on March 6th, so it's been almost two months, and they had an appointment, and I'm not, I'm not scolding this person, I'm just pointing out something for everybody's benefit, and they're good people, they're good friends of mine. And um, they, they had appointments. Evidently, this was the second appointment with, uh, to get something notarized. Now, they noticed that the one, and it's my fault. 
I mistyped the, uh, the the name of the town and um, my my error. And um, they they realized that the town was spelled wrong. So they this is the second appointment they've had to set up and cancel because I we hadn't sent them the corrected document yet. They they just happened to notice it. And they just notified me that they needed it changed. Guys, we've got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of clients. Um, we'll help you just as quick as we can. But everybody thinks that their their issue is just as important as you do. So we'll get to you as quick as we can all the time. We ha- I made an exception today. And before I left, I we took care of that issue, Okay. And but, but that's why we say right in the green book, first thing it says to do on the items to activate and, and uh, activating and funding the STS program, check and make sure the spellings and the addresses and everything else of names, of towns, of, of uh, trust documents, LLCs are correct. If they're not, we do make a mistake every once in a while. I shouldn't say we, I make a mistake every once in a while. And this was a specialized type, uh, this was a custom trust. And so that's why I did it. And I, I blew the spelling on it. And it was that way in two places, I believe. But anyway, it's been corrected. But, but, but don't throw the, don't throw the uh, you know, if you need it today and you've had your documents two months, don't, don't holler at me. I don't appreciate that. Okay, but do we mail in the living? Yeah, you can mail in a copy of the living trust. Yes, you can. Or you can give it to the banker for their records, however they want. But that seems, I just can't imagine why they need it mailed in. I cannot imagine that. That is just silly. Okay, Mike, uh, guess 12. Mike, as a note, Social Security benefits can't be split. It has to be 100% to go into the trust. Um yeah, that's fine. I understand that. I don't know if I if I said something that said you can split them. I didn't mean that. Um, I know they can't be split. Um, they go into the trust and uh, or the LLC wherever you want them, one or the other. And um, if it was me, because you, if you're using the money to uh, to use to um, buy groceries, to invest, to do whatever you want. I'd put it in the LLC and not the trust. The trust, remember, guys, the trust is the is the nucleus. The trust is the powerful center of this whole program. Okay, so you want to keep it. You don't have to keep it totally. I mean, people are going to know about it, but, but I would just keep it in the background as much as possible. You're going to do, that's why we set up the LLC, to put it, put funds in a position where you can, can, uh, um, use it on a regular daily, daily basis to live your life as a business. So I would put uh, any funds into the LLC. Okay, uh, let's see. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, do you report 100% of the Social Security income in your personal tax return? Um, no, it's just over a certain amount. You you can earn, I think, in the U.S. Yeah, Social Security, so that's U.S. Uh, in the U.S., you can earn up to thirteen thousand um, dollars with no tax benefit, tax um, obligation. But here's the important part, guys. Here's the important part. Everybody, listen. Trust. When you get a K one distribution from the trust, that's not income. That's investment. That's passive income. Uh, that's investment income. So it doesn't go down as in, as income. You save. 15.2, I believe I heard Bill Tully say, you save 15.2 FICA that you don't have to pay. 
if it was all income, you'd pay that extra 15%. Now, if your trust earned 50 grand and you're saving 15%, that's uh, that's what, let's see, that would be about uh, $7,500 that you're putting back in your pocket that you're not having to pay in taxes. So that's just another reason. There are tremendous tax benefits available, but they're all very legitimate, black and white, no gray areas. But it's, as Bill points out in his uh, portion of our seminars, if you haven't heard Bill Tully yet and you have the chance to, um, do it. His birthday's today, by the way, and if anybody would like to, to, to fax him or email him, rather, a, a happy birthday, it is W.E. Tully at TullyTax.com. W.E. Tully at TullyTax.com. <laughs> He's going to hate me for that. I hope he gets a bunch of emails. Uh, anyway... W.E. Tully at TullyTax.com. Happy birthday, Sir William. Um, okay, uh, you report, no, you don't report your income. Okay, your Social Security is tax-free, and you can earn up to 13000 and change, I believe it is. But anything you, um, that's why a lot of our clients, if they actually made about $70,000 or so, that doesn't go against your Social Security income. That's not part of that 13000 You get it, that's what I was going to say, you get it as a, it's not tax-free. You'll pay the taxes on it, but it, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't. So if you're on a fixed income or something, guys, you can you can put a lot of extra dollars in your pocket. You're not limited to that thirteen thousand, but you do it as an a, um, You do it as a, a K one distribution. If I and you can do that, we'll be able to do that in Canada as well. We've talked about that, and Ed did agree, and he said, "What a powerful benefit!" Because it, I don't know if it's a T one or a T three. I'm meeting with Ed on the. Morning or the after or the early afternoon of the, um, May thirteenth, that we're going to get everything resolved once and for all. Okay, um, the wealth coaches, Michael, please remind everyone about the wealth coaches STS seminar in Calgary on May second. Yes, go to assetpro.ca to register. Okay, do that, guys. You you've seen it here, you've heard it here. May second, assetpro.ca to find out the uh, to register and find out the locations okay uh portal guide the social security is in your name yeah it is mm -hmm. you are responsible for the tax absolutely uh well uh, up to a certain point um you're not responsible for so if you're retired you're not responsible for social security income unless it goes over thirteen thousand or something like that uh, and then you are responsible and guys that's the thing with the assignment of income no matter what source you assign it from, if there's a tax obligation at that point, you're responsible for it, not the trust. You're responsible for all taxes. Okay? Now, don't get into a don't get into a fight with uh, uh, by trying to cut a couple corners with the IRS or the CRA. That I don't believe in at all. And you can you can legally, lawfully, legitimately. Take your taxes way, way down. Um, as Judge Learned Hand said, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're entitled to every lawful tax obligation that's at your credit. You know, the problem is, though, most tax people, including some accountants and, and uh, I don't know about CPAs, but uh, some people, they don't know, tax professionals, they don't know any more than 75, 80 uh, tax benefits, when in fact there's over... Uh, 425, I believe it is, something like that. I've heard, I've heard um, Chappie talk about it. Okay, um, let's see, portal guide. Okay, 
And, and, and again, I'm not trying to, t- I don't know that much about the taxes. I'm not giving you tax advice here by any stretch of the imagination. But I'm just going by what I've heard other people say, and this is just a conversation between me and thee. And uh, for the for the true rulings on that, you go to your tax professional. He will tell you. But um, a K-1 distribution is not taxable as income. You save the, the FICA, you save the 15.2%. Okay? And it does not count against your Social Security income. I know that for a fact. Okay, let's see what else we have here. Michael, personal bank accounts. Should we assign the bank account numbers using the trust schedules as well? I would, yeah. Um, I would I would protect it through the um, B4, B5. I'd be B4 because it's in your name. And I would also put an assignment of income. Now you don't need that. If you, if you protect that particular bank account, you put the name of the bank, the name of the account, and the, the account number, and um, it's protected. The trust owns it according to the percentage that you're assigning to the trust. That'll be good. Or the trust owns the whole account. But you know you don't want that. That's a personal account. You just assign that. Um, and don't keep any more in your personal account than you need for your monthly expenditures, okay? Everything else you transfer into the LLC trust uh, account or the trust bank account, those two accounts. You want to keep the overwhelming majority of your funds in those two accounts. Um, let's see, Chappie, how come you don't tell them about your crow? crow? No, we're not, we're not out here, um, and I understand that, and it's, uh, I don't know that much about that program. I do believe in the um, key logging, but we're not here to, uh, that's one of those, I've heard so many programs that we're supposed to be just as good as can be, guys, and you have to. I'm not saying this one isn't, is or isn't, but, um, I'm not attaching, we're not going to be attaching on any, if you, if you work with Chappie and find out about that, otherwise everybody's going to say, hey, Chappie told us, I want to tell you about my program too. So we're not getting into that. The key logging is part of what we're doing. That's asset protection. Okay. Do we need to change any forms with regard to your address change? Any place you see an address, that's, and it may be in there. I think we've got everything changed. But if you see an address, it's anything other than the 128 Southeast Street, Unit 565, Crown Point, Indiana, 46308. Change it. Put the new address. Put that address on. Uh, the old one, 6622, um, isn't in effect anymore. Okay? So if you see a bad address, if you're not sure, give me a call. Or not a call. Give me an email. Okay. My account is already open for six months. This FACA form is after the fact. So do we mail it in with the living room? No, no, no. You just let it lay there. It's not, it, you don't have to mail it in anyway. You're, it's a Canadian domiciled account. You don't have to give them a FACA for if it's, if it's something pertaining to the U.S., okay? And I don't know all of it, but, but if it's income coming out of the, potentially coming out of the U.S. or something, just leave it just the way it is, Hildy. No problem with that. Are the templates done? Are the templates done? Ready yet? Um, I just met with Bill yesterday. Yeah, I'll have them out in a day or so. Okay, just got a lot of things we're trying to catch up on here. And one thing that we're no, I'm noticing is that a lot of the um, a lot of the, the letters that had me so um, had me so um, in, a, in a quandary because there's so many letters for CRA and IRS and. Uh, judgments here and judgments there. 
Um, now we're getting out from under those. We, I'm talking to attorneys for people, sending them our case law. Um, Ed Gilmore is taking over uh, in in Canada if it pertains to CRA. I just tell people, go directly to Ed. You don't need me. We'll send off a letter. You send us the form of the attack from a CRA or whoever, and we will send them a letter. But all, what our letter does is just inform them you own nothing. We're not a law firm. We're not. We can't defend you or anything like that. But we let them know, and in in probably 99% of the cases now, um, everything's been dropped. Once the attorneys find out that there's you don't have a source of income, not only do you not have any assets in your name, you've legally, lawfully, contractually, and irrevocably transferred them to a uh, trust. But now they find out also that your income has been um, assigned. What are they? They're not going. They're not going to get anything. So they're not going to waste their time, and that's why they've uh, almost every single case, except for a couple, has been dropped. And the couple that did go on, um, uh, we they were asking for two million. We got it settled for seventy-five thousand. They were asking for ninety-seven thousand. We got it settled for because they had the program. It's they settled for seventy-five hundred dollars. And uh, so anyway, guys, the program works. We've got a lot of. Um, Clients that are very happy about it, Dr. Um, Dr. Clyde Stock. Um, one case was just totally dropped. At the, in another case the, where he supposedly owed four hundred thousand was settled for I think he said eighty dollars. So guys, once they find out you own nothing, they settle for whatever they can. Okay, um, but we'll, I'll get those done right away. And also the. Um, the um, the uh, attorney is sending me back the um, the uh, what is it oh the um, rental agreement um, by Wednesday he said so I'll have that. Uh, Hildy's question is not opening a bank account. It's just not about opening a bank account. Opening the accounts was easy, but they want us to fill out a W eight or a W nine. Need to know. All right, if, and, and again, I don't know. All I know is it's a Canadian account. That's what you should just tell them. Um, tell the banker. They know the answer to that more than I do. Um, I know protecting assets. I don't know their, their silly little games they play with this, and it's not just their fault. The government's have put it in front of them and along with the International Monetary Fund. So um, if, it's, if you're in Canada, W-9 is an IRS document. If you're in Canada, it'll probably be a W-8 that you fill out, and you put in there the fact... Tell the banker, say, hey, it's domiciled here in Canada. What do I, what do, I do? What do you want me to do? Ask your banker. He, he can give you the exact answer of what they want, okay? Um, if, we understand, if I understand you correctly, W-8 for trust and W-9 for LLC, no. W-9 for U.S., W-8 for Canada, okay? That's 37. Um, what was Bill Tully's email address again? I stepped away for a minute. Shame, shame, shame. Okay, Bill Tully's email address for those of you that want to want to uh, wish him a happy birthday. W E Tully at TullyTax.com. Okay, W E Tully at TullyTax.com. Um, okay, I don't receive any outside income personally. It all goes into my corp. That is owned by trust. The corp is owned by the trust. Okay, where do you pay the tax on the actual Social Security funds that are directly deposited to the LLC? 
Um, where do you pay the tax on the Social Security funds that are directly deposited to the LLC? Well, you're, they can be deposited there because you've assigned them there, but you're still responsible personally for the taxes, for any tax obligations that are due based on the income you make. So you're a tax professional, and if you want to use Bill Tully, there's no better tax professional in the U.S. than Bill Tully. I'm not a tax person, so I couldn't give you the answer to that. Um, he can give you a specific answer. Matter of fact, it, I, it would be against the law for me to try and give you anything specific on that. Nowadays in the U.S., you have to be licensed, stamped, and and hoodwinked by the to even be able to talk about taxes almost. So, um, give that question. Uh, you've got Bill Tully's email address. Send Bill an email and either set up a time with him to to talk for a few minutes now that the season is over in the U.S. and it's almost over in Canada, hallelujah. Huh? So, need an assignment of income. Um, it should be right. It's right with your docs. If you put the CD that came with your docs, it's in the Trust One um, binder. You put that CD in your uh, in your computer, you scroll down to about page 24, 25, and you'll see um, Schedule B7, Assignment of Income. You keep the next page will be um, an, an example of the Assignment of Income, and the next page will be a blank Assignment of Income form. So just go ahead and do that. Mike, according to FATCA, can they take the funds from the Charitable Remainder Trust? You know, I don't really know. I don't know that much about this whole FACA thing. It hasn't been something I've been able. I've been, I've been bogged down by this other stuff, and I haven't really had a chance to uh, um, learn much about it. So I, that's one of the things I will be talking more with Ed uh, Gilmore about when I on the 13th when I'm in Canada. Okay, and um, let's see. FACA forms states. If your business is not a U.S. business, you are required to complete the enclosed form. Um, I don't know. Um, what are they referring to, though? That's the, that's the point. It's a Canadian business, and you're in Canada. How can they require you to complete? It has nothing to do with the U.S., absolutely nothing. It's, it's, uh, it's just a Canadian entity in, a, in Canada. Um, I don't know the answer to that, Obi. Um, again, that's, I want to learn more about FATCA, um, so I'll, when I meet with Ed, we've already um, determined to talk about that. <laughs> Ball-headed Cal Streeter looks great on YouTube. Um, yes, okay, yeah, give, give Chappie a call, guest 35. Where did you find Cal Streeter on YouTube? Um, Type in where you got that, where you found him. I'd like to look up and see what you got. I'm, people tell me, Mike, I look, I saw this about the STS program or, or a Master's Protection Group and, and on, on YouTube or here or there, and I was just amazed. Okay, I've got to get some questions answered from people that email me in. You missed my income question above, re, uh, re having no personal income. Um, I apologize. Let me go back a second and see what that is. I don't receive any outside income personally. It all goes into my corp that is owned by the trust. Okay. But the corp pays me a small amount. Does this still need an assignment of income? 
No, if if it's by your uh, yeah, I would uh, I would go ahead and put an assignment of income. It's not going to hurt anything. That's what I was saying when I think I did read your question. Is that double up on it if you have to put it on Schedule B four or B five, and also put it in, in an assignment of income. Make sure you know if we can double up on some of the protective uh, things we've got going here. Do it. Yeah, I would do an assignment of income for your income there. Yep, it's your income. It's that's your active income, so you want to protect it. Okay, we've only got 14 minutes left, and I want to get these questions in. Uh, Mike, just listen to 10, 15, 12. There was a question about 10, 15, 12. There was a question about different LLCs. You said separation, separation, separation. Don't exactly understand. Uh, different LLC for each investment, each bank account. What, what? Question, question. Um, yeah, no, there would be one LLC for your investments. Um, they would, if you have rental property, you would want to create another LLC for your rental property. If you want to start another business, there would be a separate LLC. Now, by LLC, understand I mean also, if you're in Canada, not an LLC, but it's a Canadian provincial corporation. You, you create that instead of an LLC in Canada, okay? But you want to, for each source of, you want to keep your investments separate from your rental properties, from your uh, new business that you're starting, you either create an LLC in the U.S. or a Canadian corporation in uh, in Canada. Very simple to do, okay? Uh, can one's LLC purchase property, making the title of the property in the name of the LLC? Absolutely it can. It would have to come through a minute order of the trust because the trust owns the LLC and then an acceptance of that minute order um, by the LLC. Or, you know, just put a simple little minute order together for the trust and the LLC. You can do, again, double up. If you're not sure, it doesn't hurt to have more protection than you're thinking about. But yes, you can uh, purchase property. You can sell property. A lot of businesses that are LLCs or corporations do that, or trust. Just out of curiosity, what does FATCA stand for? You know, I sent it back to you, and I, uh, I, I don't remember now. I, I looked it up, and I sent it to you, but I don't remember. Can one open up more than one trust at different, tr I'm thinking of meaning uh, trust account, at different banks, yes, you can. You can have different multiple trust bank accounts. You can have multiple LLC bank accounts. They can be at the same banks. They can be at different banks. Some of them can be at the same bank. Some of them can be at different banks. It's you're the boss. Okay, it's all up to you. Um, does one need to open an LLC each time they open up a trust? No, you don't need to. We tell people, from what I've learned four LLCs per STS program. And then you create a second program if you need more after that. Again, separation, separation, okay? Um, but you don't need to, you'll, you'll automatically, when you whenever you start a second or third or fourth STS program, you'll have automatically get an LLC for that program and it will own the property uh, of which is contained within that or the reason for you're starting that second STS program. We've got one client that's got 11 um, 11 STS programs, and he's got 44 uh, LLCs. He's, he owns a lot of rental properties. He owns a lot of different things, okay? Construction companies, restaurants. Can the oath of confidentiality be used for any staff that is hired? Absolutely. You have to get everybody protected because you don't want to get taken to court for some reason and have somebody that knows something about the, the business Come in there and, and it, 
asks a question, and because they hadn't, you don't have an oath of confidentiality on file, they they're forced to answer every question. Once they have that oath of confidentiality, uh, they can't say a word. And you know, attorneys say about this this type of thing and other types of things pertaining to that that oh, that won't stand up in court. Yeah, baloney, Mister Attorney. I know it stands up in court. I've read too many case law. Um, let's see. Uh, James recommended getting the documents notarized by a commissioner of oaths at our MP's office, a member of parliament, for free, which is a true statement. They will do that. My only concern with that is that they they take a copy of all pages to hold for six months. I wouldn't go there then. I, there's plenty of other commissioner of oaths around that do it for nothing or they'll do all of them. Somebody said, Mike, I had all my documents notarized for $15 for the whole bunch, so in Canada. Um, yeah, it's up to you. If you want to do it, do it, but I, you're just, you don't know what they're going to do with that information. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't let anybody copy my documents. I'd appreciate your feedback on this. this way. We were able to get them done through our insurance agent who did them for us and did not keep copies, which made me much more comfortable. Perfect. I could be overcautious and with keeping the documents private, but I would like to know as other people are asking that we are in relationship with. Yep, keep them private. Keep them private. For a Canadian, is there any disadvantage of using a numbered corporation, Alberta Company, to hold assets instead of the LLC? Well, you're going to have the initial LLC that, that instantly upon receiving your documents, it um, it owns it owns all the assets, okay? It's the trust sets it up, the, the LLC, and the, the assets are are um, transferred to the LLC in the funding process. Anything beyond the initial LLC, you can set up a Canadian corp, uh, provincial corporation, whatever province. You can set up a uh, an LLC in whatever state you want in the U.S. So it uh, doesn't matter at that point. You will always have the initial LLC one, okay, that instantly takes ownership of all the assets, okay, the moment you submit your application. Uh, for a Canadian, oh, that's it. I would appreciate if on tonight's call you would explain in detail the STS rep program. In a previous email, you stated there was going to be a, a section for reps only. Yes, and that, sh- I don't know if that was the new website was up and running today or not. Joseph finally got it done. And, and it's just a matter of getting everything inputted, and we'll, we'll do the rep. Um, uh, no, the program is not an MLM. The program is set up by Jerry Nira out of um, Muskegon, Michigan, who's one of the top, is, is considered by most people, the top marketing um, attorney in the country and one of the top three in the world. He's, uh, he was the head attorney for Amway uh, for nine years when they were when they really did, they had an explosive growth period and because um, he got things set up right. And after we went over this program, he realizes, Mike, this program is not an MLM. Uh, it's He set it up and based it on the insurance agencies. Now, there is a couple things that are changing. We'll have the new rep app, and everybody will be required to sign the new app. There's a few changes to it coming out, but that'll be ready Um Probably within the first two weeks of May, the attorney, the attorney's putting down his suggestions now, and we'll get it put together. But and right after that, then we will have a rep 
phone call that will make everybody aware of any and all changes. There's only going to be a few changes, um, but um, it'll make everybody aware of it. Okay. Um, let me see if we have anything else. Question. MP, uh, MP assistant read Living Trust, read Living Trust before signing, but didn't keep a copy. Okay, good. Yeah, I have, that was the first time I had heard of, um, thanks, Jeanette, that was the first time I had heard about any, uh, even a, even a, um, a commissioner of O's trying to, wanting to keep a um, um, copy of pages. I was just reading this. Uh, type in Dr. Cal Streeter in Google search engine. Okay, he's great to listen to. So do we have to open a CDN Corp? Uh, Canadian Corp, I think you mean. Um, or can we just use the existing, the, the existing LLC is, is not used for any business purpose. It just holds assets. That's all it's for. And, it, and that's what the program was basically set up to do. Now, if you want to take it beyond that and, um, and, and um, separate your investments, so that would be an LLC or a Canadian corporation that you can buy and sell investments, uh, whether they're stocks, bonds, mutual funds, or whether they're, they're um, um, precious metals, diamonds, gems, whatever. Um, but the first LLC is just to hold, so you're instantly protected. It's a non-business entity. You can't use it in any business-related business um, thing. As a matter of fact, it says right on the uh, operating agreement not to be used for business purposes. Okay, So... Um, that's that's where the first one LLC is. It's to instantly protect everything you've got, and that's its sole purpose. So, my friends, we are at the bottom of the line again. Oh, here, oath of confidentiality form. Yes, it's on the CD. You can go in in there and and make out one for somebody, uh, anybody that works for you, anybody that does your taxes, anybody that's my attorney. I said, before I can show you a copy of anything, you need to sign an oath of confidentiality. He says, no problem. I wouldn't think you were very professional if you didn't ask me to. Um, if they don't know about that, then shame on them. Um, credit union tried to keep a copy. Credit unions, the guys, they're not set up for any business-type entities, of which this is a business trust and the LLC or the Canadian Corpus. Uh, rental agreement, yep, yep. Uh, that's what I just said. I'm going to have that back from the attorney. Uh, by Wednesday. So, thanks. Great call. Thanks you. Thank every one of you for taking the time to come on the call tonight. I certainly appreciate it. Um, it's always let me uh, let me get this. Hold on. We got one from South Nevada. I just happened to see. South um, Southern Nevada. You are on the call. Who is this? Good evening. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Who is this? Yes, I wanted to know whether your LLC that's in Indiana requires an annual resident agent fee, number one. Number two, uh, is your living trust a, the same as a charitable religious trust? And number three, could your trust be incorporated in with a corporate sole program for the ownership of assets? Okay. Number one, what was that about the Indiana trust? I wanted to know whether your Indiana LLC required an annual uh, registered agent fee if someone is not in the state of Indiana and therefore is not the registered agent. Gotcha. 
Um, no, we keep an, we keep every every entity in every state has to have a registered agent in that state, and we keep we keep our registered agent. The reason we set up Indiana is, is a couple of reasons. One, they uh, they're one of the few states operated in the black. Two, they are um, uh, Indiana has tremendous privacy law, and three, that's where our corporate headquarters is in Crown Point, Indiana. And so we just set them up under that. There's not a there's not a state out there that I can't pierce their LLC in a heartbeat. And uh, includes Nevada, New Mexico, um, South Dakota, Florida, all these different places. So we just—it's not the the, the 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 LLC is only set up to put it into a business mode that everybody understands. Because 2,000 attorneys I know, not one of them knew what a pure contract trust was. And uh, you're, I know the third question was about the corp soul, and I'll answer that. But what was your second question then? Uh, well, first of all, on the first question, so does it require an annual register? Agency by the person maintaining that LLC. Yeah, it's three eighty-five a year, and we that includes a lot more than just the registered agent fee. We've uh, uh, there's a lot involved with that, and uh, that it includes, and uh, uh, the the business entity reports every other year. We take care of those through the business uh, registered agent fee. So, yeah, it's a, there's a three hundred eighty-five, and it's right on the application. Everybody knows about it. Okay. And the second question was: Is your living trust that you're referring to? the same as or equal to a charitable religious trust? Charitable religious or charitable remainder trust is what you're referring to? Yes, the charitable yeah. religious trust. Oh, not, not even close. Charitable remainder trust, once you put the assets in there, and when I did estate planning and financial planning in Chicago, we set a couple of those up, but what I didn't like about them, and, and they do have their purpose, but it, the, the assets are belong to that organization, and you can do the same thing with the private contractual agreement and, uh, and we've had some of our people even set up charitable remainder or charitable religious trust through the STS program, so the, through the trust one. So, yeah, we can, it's not the same. They're two, tire, two entirely different entities. It's just, understand, this is not a trust. This is a private contract, and, and, and Barry versus McCourt, the judge, ruled that the pure trust, pure contract trust, rather, is a, is a contractual agreement in trust form. And that's what links it directly to the Article One, Section 10 of the Constitution. No state shall pass any law impairing the obligation of contracts. I can pierce every trust, every, I can take a charitable remainder trust, and if I have a reason to sue it and it, it stands up in court, I can take every asset out of that. I can take every asset out of anything, any uh, uh, corporation, CRS, every LLC, every partnership, or every statutory trust in any state in the United States in an instant. So because you're the owner of those entities. Here you're not the owner in this program. You give up all ownership. You take in the Rockefeller file, a brilliant little book written by Jerry Gary Allen in nineteen seventy six. The Rockefellers say the key to the system. Now if they tell me this is the key that's who I'm listening to, not some podunk attorney in some state or something. They say the key to the system is to give up ownership but retain control. And that's exactly what our clients do. Okay. Okay. And thirdly, the uh, question on the corporation soul. Yeah, corporation soul is an illegal entity, and uh, I know I know at least twenty people that went to jail because of a and some of them personally. And a lot of times, if I mention one of them, uh, Cactus Mike, I believe it's been a while. And a lot of people know who he is, and um, um, I, I just don't. I, I when I did my research, I went to the top three companies back in '97 or '98. That we're doing corp souls, and I sat down with each one, and I said, "Well, you tell me the Queen of England had one. 
um, can you show me some document? Not one of the, I went to him in separate times, a couple months in between, and I own a steel erection company in Chicago, so I had the money that I could fly around and do those things, and not one of them could show me any person or or any any proof that it worked at all. And and as I looked and did my research from basically the Rockefellers, the Kennedys, and the Carnegies, and the Morgans somewhat too, they all had uh, pure trust. That's what they used. I didn't create this program. I only uncovered what they do, and I took my research. After 12 years, I took it to a uh, private attorney in, in Chicago. Uh, guy's been a friend of mine for 30 years, and uh, I said, Jerry, can you look this over and see if I have it right? It's what's called a pure contract trust. He says, Mike, and this guy has seven clients, and he makes eight figures a year. One of them is two of them. Two of the families are prominent Rockefellers. He says, Mike, it's all their families have had for well over 100 years. And he looked at my documents. We got together three days later. He says, you're the only one that I've ever seen out of everything that's out there that has all five components. And that made me feel good. He said, I knew you were good at research, but I didn't know you were that good. I said, neither did I, to be honest with you. I, all I did, my friend, was just um, uh, uncover what the super wealthy did, do, the Rockefellers, etc. It's not a hidden, I mean, you, you just, you have to look to find it out, but but the information's all there, and the Rockefeller file is a good little book, and I'd be happy to send it to you if you want. We've got it online here. Um, but I just don't, uh, everything I researched on the corpse soul and, and what's happened, it's only, they've got statutory corpse souls in about 13 states now, but everybody else considers them. It's just not my, and I know people that have it, and they've argued with I say, hey, if that's what you want, use it. I'm just showing you this, the, the, I didn't find any corpse souls in any of the families that I researched, and uh, I'm just showing you what I know works today. You know, so that's all. Corpse soul, we've got. I know people that use them, and more power to them. I also know a lot of people who got clobbered. They thought they were protected, but they weren't. Okay. Thank you for your comments. I appreciate that. Thank you. Okay, we've got Northwest Illinois, Verba. Uh, Come on. I just wonder who that might be. <laughs> <laughs> are you getting my emails? Are you getting my... Um, yeah, I got, I got one just the other day. Been very busy. I get, I answered your email. I heard you on here answered too, but I, you know, I, I just take so long sometimes. It's like, and we've had trouble with them getting through before. I was just checking if they were coming. Yeah, I think they're coming through now. Okay, great. Thank okay, you. Okay. I appreciate it. Great call. Going to okay. go back and listen to it again. Okay. Thank you very much. Have a nice week. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. We have Central Coastal California. Who's this? Yeah, this is Dwayne in Central California. I've got uh, one uh, one background and then a question to go with the background is I bought the STS about nine months ago. I just ordered a second one about two weeks ago. Now, the second one is going to be uh, the sponsor of the second one or the, the, the money that's going to fund it is going to come from the first one. My question is the uh, certificates will go to who? Will they go to the first one or where do the certificates go? Certificates will go to the contractor, which is the first, your first trust, and you can do with them what you want after that. Okay. okay I want hey, to how are back. you, Wayne? Good to hear you. Good to oh, hear you, man. I'm getting better. I, the medication that they've given me is is helping, and that's good. good. So, you know. Hey, next time I'm I'm coming to California for a memorial service for my mother and father on first part of June, and uh, you're in Thousand Oaks, there, right? Yes, absolutely. Can you get out for a cup of coffee once in a while, or no? 
Absolutely. I mean, I'll I'll do you dinner. I'll do you one more than that. <laughs> that would be my pleasure, my friend. I look forward to meeting you and saying hello face-to-face. Okay. Thank you. Okay, brother. Have a nice week. Bye. Okay, guys, thank you so much for all of you taking the time. Oh, as an employee, what is stopping CRA garnishing my wages at source from my employer? You can do that, but we can we can then turn in the uh, the assignment of income and and show your employer, hey, you better not do it again, or we're going to sue you. Now that's a, that's a touchy thing, but but it's your money. You know, we're going to we first we'll let the not the employer, we'll let CRA know, hey, we'll send them a copy of the assignment of income form, um, so that they know. They they know the law. They'll try and threaten and intimidate and all this and that, but uh, they know the law. Thank you, Rita and Dave. Um, so don't worry. We'll get a letter off to them right away. Again, we can't stop them from doing it. If you get some rogue agent that says, I don't care about the law, then we're going to have to deal with him. You're going to have to get an attorney, and we'll show them that you, you assign that income belongs to me and my trust. And I say me, I mean that's why I'm there, to represent your interest. Okay? Um, Corp Soul was on IRS Dirty Dozen list. Some creators were sent to prison. Absolutely, and I know some of them personally. So, guys, thank you once again. It's been my privilege and my honor to, to share this information with you again tonight. God bless each one of you. And uh, be back next Monday, same time, same station. Okay? Good night, Mom and Dad. Bye-bye.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.